Hey everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Welcome to this Monday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Well, that's a new one. That was a mistake one, but you know, we'll take what we can get today. Excellent. We're back together. We're reunited and it feels so good. Yeah, it's nice. It's yeah. nice to be both be in the same room when we're trying to do this. That's right. And it's not negative seven anymore, so that's always good. No, I know. It was a balmy 40 today here. So we have some exciting stories. We do. Over. So we're going to start with the first one that is near and dear to every girl's heart because every girl wants to be a princess, especially on their wedding day. And now it has been announced that there are going to be some Disney wedding dresses. Who is the designer behind that? So the uh, Allure Bridals uh, has created the Disney Fairy Tale Weddings Collection. They are going to be 16 gowns inspired by the style and spirit of Disney princesses. Um, these dresses are going to be available at select boutiques across the country. Seven of the 16 will be featured exclusively at Kleinfeld Bridal Stores in New York and Toronto as part of the Disney Fairy Tales Wedding Platinum Collection, um, which does include the gorgeous Tiana Platinum gown. I do like that one. Um, Allure Bridals will unveil the entire collection during the New York Bridal Fashion Week in April of 2020, and the gowns will be in stores shortly thereafter. They're going to be gorgeous, but there's how many? 16? There are 16 of them. There's going to be a lot of women wearing the same dress. I mean, when you go shopping for a wedding gown, there's thousands of dresses to choose from. And then you're going to have a collection of, I'd say, maybe 10 to 20% of brides who want these Disney dresses. So 10 to 20% of of brides are going to be wearing one of these 16 dresses. Okay. I don't know. Are there that many many Disney fans, though? (laughs) Yeah, there are. There's definitely, I think the only thing that might sway some people is I think these are going to be exceptionally expensive. Um, obviously, if, they're, if they have them at Kleinfeld's, I think their pricing is pretty high there. So um, I think they're going to be pricey. I'll be interested to see. Right. And there were no pictures of the actual gowns released. There are some artist uh, renderings of the gowns. And it's funny because you can kind of tell who each one of these gowns represents. The three that we've seen are Belle. Um, which has like a little rose background, Ariel, her dress is kind of mermaidy on the bottom. And of course, Tiana, who is wearing just a, a white or ivory version of her dress from the movie. Yeah, I can tell. I think, I think it's tricky to say that you can tell based on the dress, like the Ariel one, you definitely can because it has the mermaid bottom. However, they put somebody, uh, the drawing has someone with bright red Ariel hair, basically. Right. Um, the bell one, I don't think looks anything that I would not know that was supposed to be a bell dress necessarily. The Tiana one does look like Tiana's dress, but again, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, the drawing of a black woman where everyone, all the other drawings are drawings of white women. So if you have to pick one princess that they're obviously trying to portray, you know, it's Tiana, but that dress is beautiful. It is, or at least the drawing of it is. Well, I'm sure it'll be gorgeous. And we'll see what it looks like. And if you are interested in following this, you can follow at Disney Weddings on social media to get updates on the Disney Fairy Tale Weddings Collection. So exciting. Yes. You know, Disney is not only for weddings, but I'm sure it causes divorces in some families as well. well like they're spending too much money. <laughs> yeah. One's a fan. One isn't. One right. wants to keep going back. The other one doesn't. Okay. Moving on to Minnie Mouse. Um, they have started a plush uh, collection of Minnie Mouses. The new one is released every month, and the newest one has come out, and it is Pirates of the Caribbean inspired. What, I don't remember. What is this line called? This is called Minnie Mouse, the main attraction. Okay. Uh, you may remember last year's inaugural version of this plush 
or or product line. Last year, or last month. One, last month. Oh, you said last year. Oh, okay. sorry, I meant last month. Was uh, based on Spaceship Earth. Right. Um, now it is based on Pirates of the Caribbean. So there's a, a, a new set of ears. There's a lounge fly backpack. Uh, there's cups. There's I don't know. Is that a license plate holder? Uh, there's magic Maybe. bands. Um, and a mini, fanny pack. Fanny pack. You know, Minnie is it's lounge fly fanny pack. Um, Minnie is dressed kind of in pirate regalia. Um, she's kind of cute. The ears have a pirate. The ship ears on are them. probably my favorite part. Although, what's the magic band? The magic band is. I like uh, that too. Has some just design on it. Well, she's on it, but sort of dressed as a pirate, and it's a lot of gray and a little yellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's limited release. Um, there's an ear headband for adults, a hip, I'm sorry, it's a, a hip pack. Not you can't a wear it on pack. your fanny? It's a hip I like pack to wear it on my fanny. Fly, uh, a plush, a pin set, a mug, and a magic band. Uh, these items are available at the Walt Disney World Resort in the Emporium, at the Uptown Jewelers, and those are both in Magic Kingdom, as well as the World of Disney. And if you are in Disneyland, they are available at the Emporium in Disneyland Park and the World of Disney at Downtown Disney District. If you're at Shanghai Disney, they are coming soon, uh, and they will be available there. Of course, they've got to reopen the park first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also in Lounge Fly merchandise, uh, they have some new um, Lounge Fly items currently available at Disneyland, or the new the new ones. Um, what do they have? That's right. They've got a new uh, Mickey ear backpack and a um, Sleeping Beauty castle. So the Mickey ear one, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's in the typical fabric. It's the, the typical fabric is usually leather, I think. Um, so not fabric at all. The, neither of these is, they look more like fabric, like maybe embroidered fabric. Like a little heavier than denim. Yeah. I don't like them at all. All right. Well, that's your opinion. It definitely is my opinion. No, not a fan. All right. Okay. And they're $75 each, so they're, they're Which is, crazy. I mean, I understand sometimes with the lounge fly stuff, they are, I believe they're real leather. And if they are real leather, then I understand sort of the high pricing on them. Right. But these, I, I'm not. These aren't even pleather. I'm not getting it, no. Um, merchandise I do like, this is currently in Disney World, are some new nightlights. And they're, they're, they don't plug in. They are battery operated and it's, uh, what, like LCD? Um, don't know what the light is. Uh, or LED. Oh, but, L- that's what I meant. <laughs> but this is, uh, they're powered by three LR44 batteries. So they're the little watch batteries, um, very small. And uh, they have a monorail for $17, which is three monorail cars. Uh, they have a Mickey ice cream cone, also $17. A Sleeping Beauty castle for $17. Uh, a Mickey balloon. Let me guess the price on that one. So I think they might be all $17, yeah. Um, and the cool thing is these, you know, like Cheryl said, they don't plug in so they can be put anywhere in a room and they alternate. Uh, you can choose the color. There is a, a kind of darkish blue as well as a green. And they're, I, I think they're cute. I love the monorail. It's, yeah, yeah. I don't know which one I like the best. I like the monorail, maybe the balloon, um, but they're, they're very different. And maybe the castle, but they're not the picture. Uh, yeah, maybe the castle. I'm going to go with the castle is my favorite. Um, but they're made of a uh, sort of cloudy white. So what's that? Not, is that translucent? Opaque? Which one? Translucent. Opaque? Let's light through. 
translucent. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah, not but not clear. But not clear. Right. Um, sort of that heavy sort of um, white plastic. So it lets through like some of the light. It's a very muted, um, a very muted light. Uh, and I like those. So those are neat. Who knows? Maybe we'll pick one of those up at some point. Um, something else that I know Tony would like to pick up is a new book that is out, and that is about uh, monorail imagineering. That's right. September 1st, there's a new book out called The Disney Monorail, Imagineering a Highway in the Sky. And this is a book by Jeff Curdy, uh, along with Vanessa Hunt and Paul Wolski. Jeff Curdy has written, well, I don't know if he's actually written it, but he has authored uh, about 30 books on the uh, on Disney Vanessa Hunt is a Disney Imagineer, and Paul Wolski is a graphic designer who got his start with uh, graphics and Walt Disney Imagineering. Um, but this book is all about the history of the monorail, uh, the creation of it, and its impact on transportation across the globe. Uh, you know, you don't think of you know monorails as being prevalent before Disney, but you know, like I told Cheryl, I was just in the Detroit airport the other day, and. Their Delta terminal is a mile and a half long. Actually, I think it's their main terminal. Uh, And they have a monorail inside the airport. It was pretty cool, too, looking. I'm from pictures, anyway. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Didn't you see the video? I I don't know. I I saw the – maybe it was a video, but I only saw, like, the initial, like, screen, and I didn't push play. I don't know. Got you. Because you don't look at my messages. I mean, I do, but – Sometimes. I don't remember what I saw. Maybe I saw the video. I mean, if it was just the thing moving across. We'll look at it after the show. Okay. Yay. Um, Today, well, today is Sunday, was the last day that Penn Central and the Electric Umbrella were going to be open at Epcot. Yeah, a very sad day. They're finally closing some of the sections in the center for, um, you know, construction work and and building the new neighborhoods. Um, So when you walk in and go around spaceship earth you can no longer go around spaceship earth and then cut through uh interventions to get over to the land there's now a passageway um kind of looks like it goes behind uh the camera building Mm. where the little gift shop used to be um and that brings you almost directly and drops you off directly at the at the seas uh, with nemo and friends and uh, then there's another walkway that's construction walls that brings you around the left-hand side of, of Spaceship Earth over to where the new play pavilion will be and uh, near Mission Space. So ton of construction going in, uh, but we've been talking about the closure of the electric umbrella for a while. That has finally happened, um, and the pin trading, uh, pin central, is, is officially uh, done. Yeah, so the closing of the electric umbrella um, is going to be causing some other places to serve some different items and some other um, other ones to open up. We've got the the burger place over by Test Track that's opening up, right? That's right. We've got Taste Track burgers and fries. There's mm-hmm. no opening date for that yet, but they did just open Eats at the Epcot Experience, which is the uh, Odyssey building. We mentioned that menu on Friday, I right. believe, or Thursday. And uh, the Sunshine Seasons will be adding burgers to the menu uh, with the closure of the electric umbrella. Okay, so there will be places to get your burgers, never fear. Also in Epcot, they've added another guest experience team uh, kiosk at a different location there. They have. There are now three guest experience locations in Epcot. There is one at the entrance to the World Showcase uh, across from the Figment, um, uh, Figment Topiary. 
There is one over by the C's, what they, they're calling the C's bypass, which is that pathway. The walkway that they just made. Um, and then there is one across on the opposite side over by Mission Space and the temporary mouse gear. So if you have any questions, you can go to the guest experience team members that are situated there. Now, do you know, do the other locations in the other parks, do they have that many? I thought there was one no, in each park. No, there's uh, one in each park. Except Epcot gets three. Well, they need it now. Because it's such a hot it's, mess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, while while we're talking about Epcot uh, and we were talking about things that closed this week, a very sad day uh, today, the 16th of February, was the last day to participate in Agent P's World Showcase Adventure. Aw, uh, that's is, been around for a long time. It has been. Uh, this, is, this was uh, what replaced the Kim Possible Adventure mm-hmm. uh, a while ago. But I remember doing this with the girls, and it's an interactive, uh, an interactive scavenger hunt. Right. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you would get the little pretend cell phone, and you'd get your missions from uh, you know control, and you'd be going after Doofenshmirtz, and it was a fun way to spend a couple of hours when the kids were little. Um, and Disney has finally uh, put an end to this, but don't don't fear, it is being replaced. Um, it is being replaced with the DuckTales World Showcase Adventure. Uh, there is no opening date for this, but uh, it is coming soon. And uh, I believe this is going to integrate with the Disney Play app. So instead of them having to give you, I was going to say, I don't think phones, they're going to give. I don't think you're going to give you a device. I think you're going to use your own phone. Right. It goes to, and that makes sense. Yeah, everybody's got them now. Even you know anybody who's old enough to even be off, sort of on their own for even ten minutes. Right. You know, you're 10, 11 years old, they have a cell phone. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, that probably makes a lot more sense than giving them these weird, outdated uh, pretend cell phones. Right. Um, and then moving over to Hollywood Studios, they are going to soon be beginning cast member previews for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Have they given any actual date on that? Are they releasing, like, chances for people to to snatch that up and get on a list? Uh, no, they haven't. But uh, the new president of Walt Disney World Resort, Josh DeMauro, uh, announced on his Instagram account that all cast members will get to preview the newest attraction opening soon. Um, so there is no date. But, you know, they've only got two and a half weeks because it opens on March 4th. Yeah. So, But I think the capacity for that ride is pretty pretty high, right? right? I mean, it's not, if it's anything like the great movie ride, you can pump a ton of people in and out of there. Right. So, you know, in a few days, they could probably do uh, previews for any cast members that wanted to do it. Right. It's just, we haven't heard anything about it happening for uh, AP holders, you know? Yeah, that's true. But I mean, they do cast member first, so. Right. Maybe um, they'll squeeze it in. They might. Um, And then... This story is depressing, as all are all stories about price increases. Um, VIP tours are to increase in price very shortly. Well, let's put it this way. Stories about ticket increases are depressing. All, because, I'm sorry, all increases. No, because this is something that we would never buy anyway. And this is something that the general public cannot afford. Mm. Ticket prices affect everyone. That's true. You know, this is something that a special person gets, and that is a private VIP tour. Um, and the previous, so VIP tours like tickets and hotel reservations at Disney, uh, vary by the time of year that you go. So the cheapest you can get these tours are for $425 an hour. The most expensive price uh, just went up and it is now $750 an hour. Uh, with, with that, uh, you have to commit to using your tour guide for at least seven hours. 
So seven hours at $750 an hour, um, you know, you're talking over five grand for seven hours. Now that tour is for up to 10 people. Uh, it does pretty much get you anywhere you want to go. Uh, they will pick you up anywhere in Central Florida. They do some pre-arrival planning with you. So this is not something that you have to do day of. You you kind of schedule this in advance. Uh, there's a flexible st- start time. You can visit multiple theme parks. Uh, you can enjoy – they say you can attro- enjoy your favorite attractions efficiently. Uh, that pretty much means that they're going to put you at the Head front of the, of the line, line right. and go through the fast pass entrances. You get VIP viewing areas for parades, stage shows, and nighttime spectaculars. And you get insight from your highly knowledgeable VIP tour guide throughout your tour. Um, you know, it's it's a way that Disney makes money because, you know, while most people cannot afford this, there are people that can't afford this. And this is part of their theme park strategy. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, to compare apples to apples here, um, previously the highest price um, for the tour was at $6.25 an hour and that's gone up to $7.50. So, I mean, it, it is a sizable increase. And no, it's not something that um, really your everyday person would do. But we do have uh, groups of people, especially if it's just a single person traveling or a couple um, where they'll get together with other friends or people that they've met on some sort of a message board or whatever. And you get it for the day um, as, as a little group. I know some travel agents have done it before if you're trying to get on um, into like a new uh, land. I think when like Toy Story Land opened, just to, you know, try to get on those things. So, I mean, there are more, um, you know, not terribly rich people who are able to participate in it. Uh, It's going to make it a little harder to do that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, up up go the prices. I wish they would just increase prices for special things like that and leave regular people tickets alone. But no, they just increase prices for everything. We all have to share the burden. Right. Right. And we share the burden so that Disney can put in new track for the train around the Magic Kingdom. Uh, and that's just what they've done. Uh, you know, the, the train has been down now since December 31st of 2018. Wow. And uh, that's a little over a year. It's primarily down due to the fact that they are building the Tron light cycle run uh, next to Space Mountain in Tomorrowland. Uh, so in order to do that, they had to re- remove and replace the track. Uh, And they are taking this opportunity to remove and replace a whole bunch of track and railroad ties around the entire park. Uh, So it's a 1.5 mile loop and that is going on. They're also replacing some of the rock and gravel around the track. So, you know, maybe it'll be a nicer, smoother ride by the time they're all done. Yay. I mean, you know, this kind of maintenance does need to get done. So um, that makes sense, obviously, to take advantage of the downtime and get those things done so that they don't have to shut it down at a later point. Exactly. Um, over in Disneyland, we are getting a an idea of who the characters for the stunt show at the Marvel Avengers campus are going to be. That's right. Uh, looks like, and I didn't know they were going to have a stunt show, but no, apparently they are because they have put out uh, audition lists um, and they are recruiting performers to portray the Black Widow, Black Panther, Captain America, Spider-Man, and an undisclosed villain. Um, so that uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, Marvel's Avengers Campus is going on the former site of a bug's land in California Adventure. It is due to open later this summer. Um, so it looks like we're also getting a stunt show in addition to the Spider-Man ride and uh, Doctor Strange stage experience. Cool. Yeah. It's good that there's, uh, you know, I think three things can make a land. It can. And in 2022, phase two of that land will open up. And I believe there's going to be a Quinjet experience. Is that a ride? Yes. 
It's going to be an e-ticket attraction. Neat. Yes. Uh, very exciting also in the movie news uh, department is that Disney is reportedly working on a live action Rapunzel movie for theatrical release. That's right, which sounds good. Until you realize that the woman that is apparently going to be writing this, uh, Ashley Powell, Uh-oh. was also the writer on The Nutcracker in the Four Realms. The worst movie ever. It was horrid. Not as bad as Cabin Boy. Not as bad as Robin Hood Men in Tights. Um, okay. I haven't, you haven't, haven't seen, seen that one. No. Nor will you. Uh, so the, they already have producers for the movie. Um, but they have not chosen a director. You know, director search is underway. Once again, this is in the early stages of development. I mean, write the script. How much script do you have to write? The story's written. Well, you know, they have to. It has to be written for live action. They're not going to just pick it up directly from the animated version. I guess it's not that much different, though. I mean, you're talking about real. You know, it was a story about people. It's not like it was a story about frogs, right? You know, so I wouldn't think it would be all that hard to adapt to live action. No, I hope they don't mess with it too much. I will be very angry. Right. And rumor has it this is a going to be a theatrical release. It is probably my I, it's my favorite uh animated movie. Okay. So if they screw it up, I'm going to be not happy. All right. Okay. Um a former Disney World employee has filed suit after being fired for well not for, but um after she had reported some workplace harassment. Yeah, there was a woman who she worked at Disney World from May to August of 2018. She was a cook at the Hollywood Brown Derby and also prepped food at Woody's Lunchbox in Toy Story Land. Uh, she alleges that the supervising chef sexually harassed her by inappropriately touching her on multiple occasions and making sexual comments during her shift. Apparently, she reported the harassment to upper management, who claims they retaliated by making false accusations that she had committed workplace and safety violations, and that that is what eventually cost her her job at Walt Disney World. Um, the lawsuit also claims that management made deliberate mistakes with her schedule, that she did not receive the uh, necessary training, and there were false reports of drug abuse that made her uh, uh, made about her as a way of retaliation. So uh, this woman is seeking to be reimbursed for lost wages and benefits, as well as compensatory and punitive damages, as well as reinstatement. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. That's that's a good thing to go to trial. That's a good thing for some exploration because if that really happened to her, I mean, if you get if you get you know, backed into that corner where you have a whole corporation that is you know trying to make you look bad, it's easy for them to do, um, and you're pretty powerless. So, right. um, if that's the case, I would hope that it gets rectified, and you know, yeah, she does get her job back. And if it's not, they'll find that out too. Right. So. Um, let's move over to poor, sad Hong Kong Disneyland. Um, they are in a terrible place. Uh, they are losing ridiculous amounts of revenue, um, but they are uh, managing to be helpful anyway. Yeah, so even though Hong Kong Disneyland and Shanghai are still closed, um, Hong Kong Disneyland is doing what it can uh, to help in the efforts. They have agreed to lend part of their vacant site. It's a 60-hectare uh, area reserved for theme park expansion, um, but they are going to give it to the government to build coronavirus quarantine facilities. Uh, it can potentially provide up to 600 quarantine units, and uh, they will be, uh, you know, the, the government will be looking at this, whether they need to use it to build quarantine facilities. Um, 
So, so they volunteered to let them it's use the space, right? They're not giving them the space. No, just to utilize the space uh, temporarily because I'm sure eventually they will expand that part of the park. All right. So they've given permission. The but, government hasn't necessarily accepted yet. But. I mean, it's got a great view. It's uh, right on the water. Yeah. It's great property. It's like uh, fresh air. It's like when you tried to treat the tuberculosis patients and you, st- you right. stuck them on the water. So if you're going to get the coronavirus, <laughs> that's the uh, that's the way to be. So, um, so it's nice to be back. We're together again. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, until tomorrow, I'm Tony. I'm Cheryl. And this is the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Uh-huh.